Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Cody Tuckett. And I'm eating dinner. Hi, eating dinner. Hello, eating dinner. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, dead. my wife made this good chowder tonight. It's really good. It's not oh, sorry. clammy. Hey, sorry, chowder. Chowder. That's how you're supposed to say it. Chowder. Say chowder. Chowder. Spencer, what are we doing tonight? Tonight, we were, like I said last week, we're taking a break from the next mutation. We're covering some comic books. Uh, so during the 2000s, when Volume 4 was coming out, each turtle kind of got their own miniseries story, like four-issue story about them. And this one, Donatello's, takes place during the story in Volume 2 when Baxter Stockman tries to get vengeance on April O'Neil. So it's wait, called wait, wait, Donatello wait. Brain Thief. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so there was there was a four issue miniseries for each turtle. Yeah. Is this is this where Bad Moon Rising comes from? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't know why I always thought that was like a prequel to 2007, like the movie. I mean, no. it, it was around that same time, right? It was around. I mean, like these. Well, this this issue came out in 2009. Yes. But yeah, this miniseries did. Oh, I, I think I think each turtle had one each year leading up. So I think like Leo's was 2006, Mike's was 2007, Rass was 2008. This one it was is funny because I, I remember think. seeing those comics and like because I wasn't like heavily into comics then, but like you'd go to the mall and you'd go to the comic store and stuff. And I was like a like a huge TMNT fan, but it never occurred to me for some reason to ever like buy the comics. I don't know why. Yeah, and same. You, like you I wasn't I wasn't buying like turtles comics back then because I just to me like they just weren't coming out or at least none of the stores that i went to had them until until uh idw so well those volume four issues if you could if you could own one now they they i mean i have the first 10 issues a volume four yeah wow yeah those can be the the first couple aren't that hard to come by it's like Like the last couple are like real 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 rare yeah, yeah, like 32, I think, is like one of the most rare issues. I think you had to get that one by mail order. I didn't even think it was available in comic book stores or something. Yeah, well, like that's that. why yeah. it's so rare. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It, uh, like around that time, was were the team and T comics doing well or it was kind of. No, no it was definitely not. Well. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely was, not doing this well. This was post 2007 movie, uh, pre buyout <laughs> kind of. So, yeah. Peter yeah. Peter would specifically say they were losing money on every issue. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and so he was also pretty uh, burnt out. I, I think that's why we've never gotten an ending to Volume Four. Yeah, and I think I mean part of that is like you know Peter. This was this is the era when Peter was running the company by himself. Like I yeah. mean, grant granted, not by himself. Like he had you know Dan Berger and. Um, I imagine Jim Lawson was probably mostly there because he. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jim Lawson, like all of like the the Mirage guys, like they were still there helping run everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, but but Peter was the was the guy. Yeah. And so like everything you know kind of fell on his lap Mr. to keep TMNT. this. Yeah, I mean everything kind of fell on his lap to keep the franchise going, and you know it's not what he signed up for this job to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. You do wonder how much that influenced him to just be like, let's sell this. Let's get. I wonder how long he felt like I just want to get out. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't an, an overnight decision, but Yeah. <laughs> it was something he's been for years building up to. It's okay. like issue number one. He's like, okay, I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I am I am curious as to how much they could hype up volume four again and by like re-releasing it and getting an ending to it. I like because the, there's yeah, people that ask about legends it. kind of thing. It'd yeah. be nice yeah. just to be able to like read it normally without like yeah, not that and, it's 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 hard to track down, but good God, like come on. Yeah. It shouldn't be so hard to just buy some comics. Yeah. Even like rip me off. You could be like, here's two hundred dollars for this set, and it's like, whatever, okay. Like Fair enough. But like not even that. Like you know things are bad when like one of the most giant companies in the world isn't like fully milking like every issue they have. Or is they do they not have the rights? What's going on? What's going yeah, on? I mean, they have the rights, according to Peter. So Yeah. Hmm. So they, they can do it. I, I don't know if they have do they have the rights to like reprint his issues though that yeah. he wrote after the buyout? Yeah. Oh. They yeah, just kind of gobbled up everything that, that was his like yeah i think he has the right to like i and i've heard different things but like up to six issues a year he can publish or something like that uh, yeah eight so, issues yeah. a year i think it was eight issues a year yeah there's there's um, some specific thing he hasn't really like he's i think he's made like two issues since 2009 yeah. so yeah he hasn't really taken advantage of it but he does have some writer in that contract that he can produce his own comics which like I mean that's that's great you know in the, in the mm. scheme of things because you you want you you want that kind of it, it's kind of like when um Kevin came on to IDW like you want that kind of legacy name still attached to your franchise and it's like if Peter was willing to do it then yeah like give him give him that give him that I'm opportunity sure they would like they they use Kevin every chance they get like yeah you, do you think. <laughs> Do you guys think that we could end up with an Eastman and Laird story uh, this coming year for the the 40th anniversary? It would be pretty wild. Do you Um, think that could be on the table? Like, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hype anybody up, but but I I don't want to hype anyone either. That would be really cool. Confirmed. Um, They're working on it. Confirmed. I I I don't want to, I don't want to hype myself up. Read it hey, on your clickbait mean, article. Peter, clickbait article writers, go now. Confirm. Peter even came out, you know, to say hi to people at Granite State Comic Con a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like yeah. that. It, it's a good sign that he wants to get involved again. So it's like eh. Wait, he did that cover with uh, Eastman for the Usagi Ojimbo crossover. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. he's he drawn again at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. No, and like he's he's talked about that with the guys on a uh, cartoonist kayfabe. So I know the interviews with him, he's, he's talked about kind of maybe having some ideas again and wanting to be that guy that picks up his pencil and always has a sketchbook with him again. Although what if going to a con, he meets a bunch of like con people and he's like, uh, I, I mean, fair (laughs) enough. I mean, he, he, he's never from everything I'd heard or read. It sounds like he's never really liked the con scene as far as like being someone that people come up and meet. Like, well, uh, I'm all TMNT'd out. See you I guys. mean, like, as a <laughs> as a recovering cosplayer, I can agree with him there. <laughs> People at conventions suck, but uh, I would lo- I would love to see him and Kevin reunited for the 40th anniversary next year. Yeah, I think Kevin Kevin, like, Kevin couldn't make it to Granite State this year. Um, well, I think he did. He just made it the day after Peter. I oh, saw, did he? I think yeah, I, I thought he. Post. Oh, I thought he said he didn't. He made it, it late on Sunday. Yeah, he made it uh, on Sunday. For the last day, but he wasn't able to be there on the same day as Peter. Hmm. I also I mean, think there's like way like more interest in, in Team and T Comics now than there was back in the mid aughts. So, like, yeah. reprinting Volume Four and ending it, I think, would be much more successful now than it would yeah, have been in exactly. two thousand nine. Yeah, so. well, I, mean, I mean, it's still kind of ebbed and flowed. Like a few years ago, like the comic shop me and Spencer go to, 
um, I went in there. I was like, "Where's your TMNT stuff?" And they're like, "We don't, we don't stock it unless you do the pull list anymore." And I was mm-hmm. like, "What?" And that's when I left them a review saying they were dead to me, and they replied back, "Sad." <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, they yeah. they still have it on the shelves there. I don't know. I became yeah, known as their bad. TMNT can see, like, guy they for started a little while. Stocking it. Uh-huh. So I do think TMNT has been on the rise generally. So yeah, now is uh, as good a time as there's ever been. Yeah, and there's definitely been even more attention drawn to the comics. I think because of the last Ronin in in more recent. For sure, it's it's gotten a lot of the, the a lot of the old heads because I think yeah. um, the kids they still love comics or they're into the comics and that it's doing fine that way. But a lot of the oldies. And like yeah. we've said it before, like I don't think anybody really anticipated how big the last Ronin is. And yeah. I, I, I still think like the fandom at large doesn't realize how huge this was for them to launch it as its own like universe. Mm-hmm. That's big. Well, not only its own universe, but for it to sell as well as it did. And no, that's what I'm saying. Like it sold yeah. as well because they launched it as it, and they sold it sold as well as it did, and they launched a they launched it as a universe now because of it. Mm-hmm. like that's that's what's so insane about this like they've never really done that with turtles before yeah i mean technically you, this is the first turtles elseworld story yeah no you're not wrong like well i mean since the guest era because you know yeah fair enough but those but, were like told as like an elseworld you know kind of thing i don't know i mean, I mean that was that, they yeah, were elseworlds before elseworlds was really a thing yeah, there's also a couple issues of like tales that are else worlds, like the ones where they have superpowers and stuff. Oh, that's I mean, actually, the one where they have superpowers, the Super Turtles, is a part of the main run. There's just randomly just an issue in the mainline run where it's them <laughs> as superheroes <laughs> because oh, only that's just valid what Peter Super Laird wanted to do the manga turtles. Uh, no, Peter Peter Laird did it did a fun job with not my, I, I, not I really my appreciate the superhero turtles. It's fun. It's a fun idea. Uh, so what are we but doing anyway, tonight, guys? Back back to the comics, yeah. So <laughs> this uh, miniseries we're covering, Donatello, Brain Thief, because this one takes place in comic books we've already read during that exact same time. So without further ado, let me tell you a story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. So we'll begin with issue one. Uh, this entire story was written and penciled by Jim Lawson, uh, and it was inked and lettered by Eric Talbot, except for issue four. That one was inked by Jim Lawson. Uh, this issue was first printed in September of 2009. Our story picks up during Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 2 after Raph had been thrown from a rooftop by Stockman and had disappeared. The remaining turtles have now confronted Baxter Stockman in the sewers and destroyed him by creating an arc flash. After going through the robotic remains, they can't find any parts of Stockman, who they assumed would be inside, but they can't find bits of him anywhere. Off in the corner, a metallic glob sinks deeper into the sewers and consumes a cockroach. Donnie takes it upon himself to gather up Stockman's robot body and lets the other turtles not worry about it. In his own secret lab, he manages to get Baxter booted up and interrogates him on the location of his brother. He gets nothing because, as we know, Raphael has been taken by totally completely different people by reading volume two. 
Don collects nearly all of the robot's parts, but notes that the right arm is missing and that it had been blown off before reappearing again, meaning that Stockman might have created some sort of organic regeneration tech. On his hunt for the arm, he runs into a giant robot cockroach, which he deduces to be the autonomous techno-organic remains of Stockman's robot body. It is able to assimilate things to grow and change itself. Donatello battles the bot, but is pinned down by a sticky substance it shot at him. It lowers a spinning sod as created towards Donatello's head. To be continued. Right now in Donatello the Brain Thief number 2, published October 28, 2009. Stories and pencils by Jim Lawson, inks and letters by Eric Talbot, like Spencer mentioned earlier. So Donatello's pinned down by this cockroach robot with that tentacle-looking thing looking to interface with his brain. Don's able to gather his strength and free himself, but in the resulting fight, he's buried under a pile of rubble. The cockroach leaves, and Don surmises that it must not be very intelligent, since it wasn't able to figure out that Don was under the rubble. He finds a little tentacle that fell off the cockroach robot in the fight and keeps it. Back in his lair, Don lets the cockroach run through Baxter's remains to see if it can replicate what the robot cockroach is doing. It can't, and Don squishes the roach. Don meets with Baxter to let him know that he knows Baxter's brain is in the robot, uh, and he's able to de-encrypt all of his info, including info on this gray goo nanotechnology that's assimilated with the cockroach. Baxter comments that Don was agitated when he came into the room, and surmises that a part of him has regenerated. Don tells Baxter to bite him and leaves. We see the cockroach assimilate a rat, growing bigger and stronger, then coming across Don. The part that Don kept from the robot earlier begins to wiggle before melting and joining up with the main organism. It then attacks Don, who breaks his bow over the robot, and is able to escape. The rat bot then finds a homeless man on a sewer grate and assimilates him. To be continued. And it was continued in issue number 3 on December 3rd, 2009. The humanoid robot thing is wandering the sewers and eventually reaches the subway. It bashes into a train and starts trying to brainsteal people. Goes through two potential hosts but shouts to the heavens that neither is Baxter. Donnie has been tracking its progress and realizes it's coming to the lair, coming after his captive robot. He doesn't understand how it's homing in on the robot, but it is. Donnie rushes to the sewer to ambush the humanoid robot. As it bursts through the wall, he engages it in battle. Lucky for Donnie, he has a Triceraton laser gun and melts the humanoid robot down. Unlucky for Donnie, he depletes the gun's charge so the robot is able to sloop-gloop its way back to humanoid form. Donnie flees through the sewers back to his captive robot. He was praying that he wouldn't need its help, but he has no choice now. To be continued. To be concluded in issue 4, released December 9th, 2009. The robot leads itself down a dark sewer hallway as it goes into Donatello's lab, claiming Baxter. Free me quickly. This is a trap, idiot. The Baxter robot calls as Donatello jumps down from the ceiling and jams his broken bow staff into the robot's brain. As it, the robot pulls its brain back out, it gets into a tuffle with Donatello, who leads it further and further down the sewer. As Donatello keeps picking up things and jamming it into the robot's head, keep trying to stun it until it finally explodes. It scloops Splorks back together into its robot form again as it comes back after Donatello. Donatello then is standing in a corner with a dog named Baxter. He tells the dog to sit. The dog does. 
He asks the dog, are you Rover? No reaction. He asks the dog, are you Bingo? No reaction. He asks the dog, are you Baxter? The dog replies. Donatello then turns to the robot and says, there you have it. You wanted Baxter? This is Baxter. The robot ponders as its tentacle exits its brain and assimilates with the dog. The Baxter dog then becomes fully roboticized. Donatello sadly tells it to come and follow him as he leads it down further and further into the sewer, into the deepest, darkest parts of this labyrinth. He comes across a giant mechanical door that he opens with a remote control. Door opens and it's pitch black inside. Baxter, come. Donatello leads the dog into the middle of the room and tells him to sit. The dog follows its orders. Donatello says, Baxter, day. And shuts the door. The mechanical gears whirring and locking. Donatello looks at the remote control that he used to open it and smashes it on the ground. The end. Intense. Wow. That was a very intense reading. Thank you. Old, old storytelling. First time in a long time I've written my own summary. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll uh, get talking more about this stuff in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So this is like the first Jim Lawson we've read since volume two. And he's definitely like, this is full Jim Lawson's art style. This is is full Lawson right here, baby. Full Lawson. Yeah. The full Lawson. Definitely. This is also like the first issues to come after the Viacom buyout, um, which I think was in October of 2009. So I think issue two is probably the first one released, but then issue three is the first one that says like, uh, all rights reserved by Viacom on the hmm. on the Indica in the first couple pages. Yeah. Another note about like Jim Lawson's art. I don't know. Just just kind of interesting things looking at the art of book in in comic books and and how they can be interpreted through inks. Like Jim Lawson's inks on that last issue is like a major improvement in my opinion over Eric Talbot's inks. Yeah, uh, it's. It's very noticeable. Yeah. Like, like the way Jim Lawson inks his art is a lot more flattering for it and like really helps the surroundings. Well, yeah, Details like, clear, like, like you have like the yeah. blackness where it's like, yeah, because that was one of my, I guess I'll save it. But like the early issues, it's like, I can't tell what's the background, what's the foreground. Yeah. Know, like, it, Jim yeah, Lawson's like, inks definitely make it so the background is less muddy and is very clear and detailed. I mean, and that's to be expected. Jim knew what he drew and how he drew it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah like, no, you're not wrong. He does like, have like the unfair advantage there. Like unless like someone's telling you like, hey, this is yeah. in my brain. This is black. How would you There's know? some people, though, that like I've seen. a Oh, who's the guy that Ryan Otley uh, ink his own stuff and it looks awful. Like I don't, he's, <laughs> he just I mean, he's not an inker, though. So like I'm sure he doesn't have he's out of practice or whatever. But yeah. You yeah. know, who I, I've actually become a real big fan of inking is Kevin Eastman. Uh, yeah. Watching yeah, him, yeah, really. him inking Sophie's art is so good. Yeah. Him no, inking I, Freddie Williams is good, too. Yeah, the he's new, a good inker. Yeah. Like the new um, the new cover that uh, just dropped for one, I think it was 143. Mm-hmm. The 
um, cover B. So good. Yeah. No, I, I love seeing the, yeah, just Kevin Eastman inks on like Keith said on Freddie Williams and Sophie Campbell's art. Cause they're like, I know that they're very good pencilers, very good, you know, artists. Uh, and so they draw good pencils, but then like just his like thick, dark inks on him on one, what's relatively simple art, but it, like as simple as in they don't pencil in a whole lot of details. You know, it's a whole lot of just kind of shapes. And so like, he's able to go in with his like thick, dark inks and things that he does and yeah. just kind of really gritty it up. And I, I love it. It gives a cool edge to it. Uh, also is Baxter's techno organic part of his body. It, it's pretty much kind of like Mirage's nano. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? <laughs> like it, it's it the Mirage nanobots, version of nano. though, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah like it, totally. it's a liquid metal thing. It, it learns and it like is originally kind of dumb and it like needs to find ways to learn. It's like bonded to Stockman and it's trying to get back to him the same way. Nano like looks at that one guy, like his father and, and uh, listens to I, him. I guess there's there's a lot of parallels in in Nano and also this character that is Baxter Stockman's organic part of his <laughs> of his robot body. Uh, I, I think that they're kind of close to each other. It's kind of right, the Mirage I version guess. of the story. So this uh, the, is how you do Nano. Is basically what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I do think there's a lot of ways you can do nano. This is another legitimate way to do it, though. Yeah. The other thing I had outside of, uh, like, obviously, this takes place after issue nine of volume two, which Spencer said at the top of this. But uh, Donatello's got a Triceraton blaster. I've got to assume that's Zog's because I don't know where else he would have gotten that blaster. Yeah. Or, or he just picked it up even when back during the TCRI issues when some of them were you know, knocked out or before they were sent back. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, man, like they've got a lot of mileage out of those three Triceratons coming back to earth. Haven't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we had Zog, I, um, we had the, the one that was captured by DARPA. And now this blaster is running around. Yeah. I like immediately went, uh, into my, into my, uh, accessory bin and grabbed the Triceraton blaster for my, for my Donatello. Oh, nice. So I was like, I really <laughs> like that was that was just neat. You gotta love their commitment to a theme, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, all the I, as, as far as I know, I mean, it might have been in volume four already, and this might be going back and retelling that story. But uh, in volume four, let it me does, retell you a story. Yeah, in volume four, it does uh, have Donatello go to this little like secret lab area that he has and visit Stockman at, at a certain point. Uh, and I think they do it before they told this story. So it was kind of just like, how did he end up with <laughs> Stockman yeah, in this right. secret stockpile? Because uh, that was the thing is like, I knew, I knew about that. And so I had assumed like that was from here, but now like it all kind of makes sense. Like reading this first before we go read volume four, like proper, um, mm-hmm. I'm more prepared for that. But yeah, like I, yeah. Anyway. Uh, another, another interesting, uh, I guess thing that you can, that we, you can learn. We kind of talked about it, uh, way back when we read volume two about that whole like arc of electricity that comes out of Leo's Katana and hits Baxter Stockman. 
So that's oh, wait, like just he's known to do. Yes. Well, no. So actually, like if if you do have two conductors that do get too close together, electricity can jump, and that's called an arc flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, there would have to be a whole lot of volts or Baxter Stockman's body as a freaking superconductor or something. Uh, for for that for that thing to have arced. Also, it doesn't. I don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense for Leo's. I don't know. Maybe Leo's sword is also a better conductor. I I don't know, but that that is a real phenomenon that can happen, and it will cause your metals and stuff to heat up. So it can cause your metals to heat up so much that they do explode, uh, if, because they're so hot, and that, that's called an arc blast. Is that how so, they do arc welding? Uh, yeah, they create a little tiny arc. Uh, yeah, with with arc welders. Uh, if you do like as electricians, like, cause I'm an electrician. So you try not to oh, do live. There it is. You try not to do live work <laughs> so that you don't get an arc flash and, and kill yourself. Uh, you know, especially an arc blast. That's, that's really bad news. You I inhale. do remember that from my like OSHA training. Like they're, they're yeah. not fans of arc flashes, you know? Yeah. It's, it's bad. You know, it's not, not good for you really. Now, uh, now Spencer, I have a question for you as an electrician. Okay. Okay. All a, right. Well, I'm I not an electrical a... engineer, so, but, but laid on me. <laughs> okay, so I, I have a there's a train, okay? Okay. It's five thousand feet long. Okay. Okay. I think you're already asking the wrong person. I think this is already yeah, is this a, is this math riddle, okay. Keith. What are we doing? Yes, here? okay. So lightning strikes the back of it. How long uh-huh. does it take for the electricity to reach the front? Uh, you know, it would be near instantaneous, and that's the extent well, of the But knowledge. see, it depends on whether or not the train has good conductor. Uh, <laughs> and now Keith is off the cast. Goodbye. Ooh, that's the <laughs> thing. About, that's the best All joke we've had. That's the best joke we've had in a while. <laughs> that's the dumbest jokes I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do also think it's noteworthy to to mention. So I went back and like looked at those issues in volume two and kind of went back over them to see how much had been retconned and what hadn't. And uh, nothing had been retconned. Like, they straight up wrote this so that it could be... I mean, other than the fact that, like, Donatello had did this whole mission, you know, like, in between <laughs> when they yeah, went to go find Raphael or not. Yeah. But it, it fits in there. Like, it, it fits without breaking any sort of continuity. So I was impressed by that. Yeah, because like, these issues only really take place over, like, at most a day. Well, and they, they were picking up a story that was written 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, so more than 10 years ago uh like 15 so the fact that he was able to do that you know it means that he was really looking at the story and and figuring things out and was able to do it which is really cool it also I, realized, is... I think i did buy bad moon rising issue actually oh. it just triggered in my brain sorry go on <laughs> oh i was gonna say that this is definitely an i love thing but it, it does at least answer a question i had about this story which is like what happened to the living metal part like is that going to keep growing and evolving some way and i'm glad someone went with it and didn't just drop it because that was like a really cool thing that baxter robot was doing so to just leave it would have been uh, a real waste in my my eyes which if he'd already written the concept of this thing growing and changing and like learning and things like that then that's another thing from like volume two that was like an idea they had that wasn't really able to be fully used until the 2003 series came along and kind oh, of yeah, like expanded on it that's if I could peek into another timeline where volume two didn't get canceled, like that would be great too. I wanted to see what Jim Lawson was going to do with that. But yeah. Here we are. All right. Are we moving on to anchovies then? 
no anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So my only real anchovies for this story is at first I thought it could use some color. And then I realized that it was just kind of Eric Talbot's inks yep. after that. Uh, <laughs> Jim Austin's inks on that final issue really cleaned it up and made That's it. That's really the only anchovy is that, yeah, just Eric Talbot's link inks just, just didn't do it for us. Yeah, they didn't compliment Jim Lawson's art. It looks great back, like, because he's the one that did, like, the Wanderer issue. Um, uh, Distractions is what it's called. Uh, and it looks great in that story. And there's, like, a lot of the inks he does. And he he has a very, like, kind of messy, gritty inking style. But it doesn't compliment Jim Lawson's art uh, very well. I don't think they're a good yeah. pairing. And this one, I, I had to, like, read and reread and look back to, like, distinguish the like liquid metal part because i was like yeah what is yeah that was yeah because it, it just looked like a drop of water or something but yeah that that whole scene where that organic metal part decides to like sink through the ground was it was very yeah, hard to like, tell what was going on I had yeah to like I, I was like is that a snail not tell what i was like i thought it was like water i was like what is going on? like it, it doesn't when you look at it it does not look like yeah like nano goop yeah, it's no. it's one of those moments that could either use color or you know the Jim Lawson's inks with with yeah. his own art, duotones, something. But Eric Talbot has gotten very good with inks, though. He's a tattoo artist now. He's yes. really really good. So. Yeah, no, he's a great tattoo artist. <laughs> well, uh, I hope he's good with inks as a ta tattoo that's, artist. That's, hey. That's, hey, you're done, Keith. That's it. That's it. You're done. <laughs> I don't know what's up with me tonight. <laughs> also, I don't know how much. I, I love the end ending part of like him just pulling out this dog that I guess he named Baxter at some point. Oh, you like him murdering a dog? That's my the, anchovy. Like he's a I douche. mean, that's a horrible thing to do. It's it's a very horrible thing to do, but it feels kind of in character for Mirage Donatello. He also yeah. like casually it's also, like it's also like, like a last resort thing though. It's like this I have to do this. Like otherwise this thing's gonna go around and kill more people and more. Well, this Donatello is yeah. a fiend though, like because he keeps it to himself. The robots on the loose, like snatching up homeless people, and Donatello is just like you know. But I but also like right. I played he, this right. What what he I mean, this is what makes it so much worse is that like Donatello trained this dog to be yeah. named Baxter, or it was named Baxter, or he went out and kidnapped a dog named Baxter yeah. just to cut out the middleman. Which like, but which one's worse? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, like either way, like. If he got, if he like had his cool robot dog after that, like, and then he has like cool robo dog adventures, but like, well, have fun getting locked up. And I guess it's like a robo dog now, so it's not going to die, maybe, but good yeah, lord, like, Donnie. It's, it's a creative yeah, way lord. for him to defeat this thing that like he cannot beat, but it just feels like at the very end, like he pulls just so many things out of a hat, like just dog that responds to Baxter. Suddenly he leads it down to the secret underground safe he has somewhere. Like, like and that's that's the other thing, thing is that like he doesn't put a like a you know don't open dead inside <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of warning on it. So it's like yeah. somebody can go down there and open it. Granted, he smashes the remote control that he uses to open it, but I mean, who's yeah. to say the future generations don't try and open it? And like you said earlier, like uh, what if it just keeps growing in there? <laughs> and they find it in the last Ronin verse. Ooh, oh. here we go. Here we go. Nano's gonna be in the last Ronin verse. No, let's do go. It. Do it. That's ex that's literally exactly what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that happen. I was. Yeah, that's I my think I came in with this. 
yeah, I think I came in with uh, the expectation that this would be like a Donatello versus Baxter Stockman, like battle of the wits and wills. And more or less, it was just kind of maybe not uneventful, but it just absolutely was not what I was expecting. So it kind of like I, I liked it overall. But as I was reading, I was like, why is like all of this is just running around in the sewers right now? Like, I would like to see more of baxter messing with donatello that was yeah really a, a big cool part to me so because i i think that's that's my biggest issue for uh issue four is that like really nothing happens i mean a, a lot happens but it's like it's a lot of just kind of blank pages of, of a yeah. lot of atmosphere which it's cool yeah. it's cool to see but it's, it's like, cool yeah. like and it's like a cool like horror vibe like there's a creepiness to it yeah because mm-hmm. that's actually gonna be like, my that's gonna be my like reading next this, part if I was reading this at the time, like issue by issue, I have to imagine I'd be like, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I paid $4 for this. Month. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. But as like when it starts a, out with one like, block or a one shot, yeah. it's pretty, it's a lot better. Yeah. I was expecting more of the, like, there's the part where Donatello sits down with Baxter. And he's like, so tell me where my brother is. I was expecting yeah. much and more of that. Like the, Cause essentially yeah. like, like, I mean, I haven't read like the volume two stuff. I'm probably the outsider in the group. If you wouldn't tell me that's Baxter, I'd have no idea. You know, like, I mean, you could guess like knowing TMNT and generally like, oh, it's a robot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Cause but generally that's, that's, it's like, this is some that's another robot. thing is that like these were published, you know, 10 years after volume two ended. And then also volume two wasn't reprinted until IDW. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you had really no way of reading those prior <laughs> issues even unless you tracked them down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, like digital, com- when did digital comics become a thing? I mean, uh, later around this time, like early digital comics were, were coming out. Um, yeah, but like either way, like whatever, but it wasn't, service, it like, wasn't what, what it like, is now. Like, because there's you no know, like people... intro really in the issue or anything, so it's just like... that's true. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it, it doesn't Here's tell a dog. you. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. tell you. It doesn't tell you until like the middle of issue one that this is that this takes place during volume two. Like Mirage seems very like like it knew its audience and really really catered to that audience, but like anyone else, it was like I ah, figured out, kid. Yeah, yeah which it, <laughs> it's cool in its own way because like you you got to you you respect stuff like that, but when you're just mm-hmm. like jumping in, you're like I have no idea what. Any of this yeah, no. If I was you, Cody, I would be like, "What? <laughs> That's Baxter? What's this robot thing?" Yeah, yeah, totally. I think my my 2003 knowledge helped me there because it's like, yeah, that's kind of that's 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 kind of weirdness Baxter would be up to. Yeah. All right. Well, we good to talk about what we liked then. I think so. I love being a turtle. What a really weird and kind of, this is like the best horror story. It really had like, yeah, yeah. It had very like creepy, you know, Donatello's like alone in this like part of the sewer that none of his brothers seem to know about or anything. And yeah, yeah, the atmosphere is amazing. He's gobbling up bodies. It's it's just it's weird how like genuinely creepy like this was and it's like you know I, I talked crap on it but like uh, about the pacing and stuff but I, I really liked issue four like my issue like it nothing happens in it but it's like so much happens and it's like yeah. it's so like it it just like really hits and it's like I 
kind of like that Donatello is messed up enough to use that dog. Oh, like, I love Donatello in this. Like, like yeah. he is something about it. It's <laughs> the just timing like, on that. Oh, like messed up I, that dog. Oh, I love. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I don't, well, but he's been through some like real shit recently. Like he, uh, I mean, there was the whole like return to New York. He's the one who's like, no one gets out of this room. Um, he's the one who killed that foot soldier with the machine gun. Oh, that's um, right. Like, but he's all like, if you remember back to the survivalist, he's like, people just do what they need to do to survive. And that's what he's doing. He's just like, he's not making necessarily evil choices. He's just kind of doing slightly evil things. And he's just, he's above the morality of it to him. It's just like, I just need to do what needs to happen to survive. Yeah, exactly. That's why like Donat's like Mirage Donatello's is like, it's such an interesting version because this is the only one this is the only Donatello that's ever really like this. Yeah, because usually he uses his smarts in like a compassionate way. Yeah, and like yeah. Like mutation Donatello is always like, well, you know, guys, we should do this. You know. Well, Peter Laird. Boy Scouty. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, Peter Laird on like multiple occasions has like stated like the Ninja Turtles, at least in his mind, they're not heroes. Mm-hmm. Like they like they they will help someone if they are in trouble. You know, it's not like they want people getting hurt, but like they're not going out patrolling trying to save the world you know like in this situation donatello's just like the best option i have right now is to use this dog so like he lets the dog know like i don't want to eat i i didn't want to come to this like i didn't want to yeah have something else die but this is the only way i can stop this thing from killing yeah. and absorbing more that's, people and that just that's and setting just stockman like, loose that's what's yeah, even crazier because like it implies that donatello things, has yeah. been training this dog for a while yes yeah yeah like that's which was weird like, so he, like what kind of creep has like a baxter dog <laughs> yeah exactly like is this <laughs> well, is this a is maybe, this a contingency that donatello had to plan for like though, yeah, I, well, I do like the idea that he just stole someone's dog like he was I, I don't think the street looking for a baxter dog <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I think it's, it's a i think it's the dog i think it's the dog in the very beginning i think it is a stray the very start of issue one there is a stray dog that, yeah that i'm pretty it's sure like, it's that dog it's like, so it's like poetry yeah. I just want to know how he trained it to only respond to the name Baxter. That's that's it. I just want to know. Yeah, how that exactly. Because if it's this, if it's that dog at the beginning, how do we know that dog's name was Baxter? Like, yeah, he would have that's, had to train it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to know the answer. Dog that. starving. Maybe it wants some food. You know, what, Jim Lawson, can you come on the show and tell us, <laughs> please? But the the other thing though that I do love about like Donatello in this story is we get to see him like reason his way through the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like we we see him like getting the pieces of Stockman and laying them out and being like this whole arm is missing, this is the arm that we blew off at one point and then he and then we saw him with it again the next time we faced off against him. So he's created something that's regenerating this. It's currently gone now. Is it? You know what is this arm doing? You know and then he finds, you know the roach and things and realizes like oh man this thing is is regenerating and it's absorbing things and and he's like able to kind of reason through it and figure it out as it goes along and it's like the way he kind of like detective detective like you know searching for clues and the talking with baxter like he's like oh so you notice i i haven't been able to regenerate or something he's like just shut up yeah Yeah. Oh, like the, the he, evil Jiminy Cricket Baxter is amazing. Yeah, I mean, like Baxter, I, I I wanted so much more of Baxter. Yeah, that that would have been really taking it to like a fun level. Yeah, a few more pages of that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I would have liked that a lot. 
But uh, do you think this is where they got the idea for Spy Roach? By the way, in 2012. Ooh, maybe. Could be because I because I do like the Robo Roach design a whole lot. Like the big giant like robot cockroach design, the way he draws it, and I don't know, just just all the pieces and stuff to it. It does look really cool. It does. That was neato. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I of course will always love nanotech coming back into play you know for me for me that is a ninja turtles trope and i enjoy it it's it's always fun to to have the nanobots thing whether it's nano or or something else uh for all of the ninja turtles i have experienced growing up and then reading mirage it has been a part of turtles so i i like seeing it it is always fun like just like the nano idea where it's like a solid cool form and then it just like bloop bloops to whatever mm-hmm. it needs to do that is that is always cool yeah and and even though it's not always very clear with the backgrounds i do love how detailed lawson makes all of the backgrounds like yeah very good use of squigglies yeah yeah well and especially when he's inking it himself it it makes more sense when you look at the art but uh there there's that whole moment where yeah like the i don't know what to call it baxter's arm we'll call it i guess when it's doing its liquid metal thing and sinking through the cracks, when Donatello goes to like look for it later and finds residue of it, it is right by that exact same pipe that it fell down before. Like right by that, I think it was maybe an electrical panel or something or whatever he decided to draw. But like that same pipe is right there and you can see the same pipe in the same setup. It's just from a different angle. Like that attention to detail for this story is, is amazing. Uh, and yeah, just seeing all those detailed backgrounds is is a lot of. It's just really cool to have out all there. It helps set up the atmosphere that makes it creepy and things. It was so fun. Yeah, and, and the so last, weird. yeah, and the last thing that I love about it that is very, very Mirage style, like it's like almost like a Mirage house style, is the wordless storytelling with images and like so many of the action scenes and things like that that are just kind of told panel to panel. Yeah, that really is like such a vibe. Yeah, it doesn't need a bunch of words and things like that, which once again probably helps contribute to like that creepy vibe because like it's it's almost like it's silent. Mm-hmm. Uh and I've I've loved seeing that in I don't know, like it's interesting how it can change the vibe with each uh, issue, but it feels like a silent issue, you know, kind of thing. Like during Leonardo it just makes everything feel like super suspenseful. Yeah, you like know, in during, issue three, you don't even really get words until page like seven or page nine. Yeah, you know, and then and then Sophie Campbell has used it in in modern comics with the Christmas issue that I always bring up. It's like one, I keep on. It's not one forty. It's like one twenty. It wasn't or that totally wordless or one twenty four. Yeah, it was totally wordless. But instead of like giving it a suspenseful or creepy vibe because of the images and the story being told, it gives it a very like somber, uh, like sullen vibe because of. You know, it's about loss and things like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I just like wordless comics when used well. Uh, and, or, or, you know, just having stories and comics told and you don't have all the words and everything else. It, yeah. Sorry, letterers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just yeah. cool to see people using the visual medium to a visual medium. Because usually you have like a really team cool. that's, that's a writer and an artist. And so like the writer being you know wanting to fill their role and i guess maybe feeling maybe yeah. a little self-important i think like, like they it's need very to... rare to like where they they forego the writing as often as they do here 
Yeah. And so like when you have people, someone that's doing both like Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, uh, sometimes you can end up with this great thing where they know how much storytelling can be just done with the art and they really take advantage of it and use it. And it's, it's cool when you find those stories and those issues and get to read them. Then you have other artists, writers who, you know, write freaking novels and leave no space for their own art. And I, I don't understand that, but I'm looking at you, George Paris, as much as your Wonder Woman run is like iconic <laughs> and may he rest in peace. You know, I was his Wonder say, Woman run is iconic. Like you're talking Dang. Dang. Yeah, look at that anymore. Yeah. I mean, Edge rest Lord. in peace. Well, you know, it's, it is what it is. Like I, like his run on Wonder Woman is iconic and the art is fantastic and it's great, but sometimes it can be super, super wordy. Like most comics in the eighties could be, mm-hmm. uh, and were. I was like, I'm looking at you, Chris Claremont. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, and, and so it's cool. Like I said, to to see them laying off the words and telling things visually, I, I love it. Any last words on this? Sounds like we all liked it pretty well. Yeah, like this was <laughs> really good. Uh, it was a fun read. I read it all in like one go. Yeah, like Same. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna split it up, and then I wound up like reading the whole thing uh, last night, and I was just like, I just, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> reading I, all I, I was. I mean, not I happy think, reading this horror book, but it was like, yeah. it was just genuinely so good. I think Cody hit it on, on the head there when, when he was like, we, you know, we have the advantage of reading it all in one sitting, not month to yeah. month. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that yeah. would have been kind of a strain, but it, just in that one, one go, that, it's, it's like excited for the new comic and you're like, oh God, that was it. And I have to wait like weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Armageddon game. <laughs> Ooh. No, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of, especially just the way books are written now. Uh, they're, I don't know if they're really, so many are written to be read issue to issue. Well, uh, I mean, that's, that's, some, that's something, that's a complaint of a lot of modern comics is that you're, you're writing them for the trade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Which you, I love the trade, you know, I'm not against the decompressed storytelling. No, me neither. I buy a lot of my comics as, as trades, but it's just mm-hmm. like, but, but it, but that's, that is like a detriment to, um, to the monthly issues it's like it's more of an incentive for you to to wait for a trade of all of these yeah. but in the case of I mean, these guess, like, there is no list, trade of these like you have to you have list. to track down these original issues yeah yeah it's always interesting to me like how you know like trans like reading it after the fact you get such a different experience than those who read it at the time you know barring them going and rereading it that always like that's always like super interesting to me like the impact of the story. Cause like, you know, if we go into IDW when people talk about like mutant town, yeah. Like as it's coming out, that's one thing. But when you read it as one block, it's like, you know, like that was, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Cause it was yeah, just like entirely different pace. So yeah, reading these as one, essentially one book was, was pretty neato. Yeah. No, like I, I need to go back and read like Grant Morrison's run on green lantern. Cause I was reading that one issue to issue. And it's just so heavy with like themes and words because like Graham Morrison's a very compressed storyteller. Well, yeah, and you also like lose like recall and stuff from like what happened, what really happened last month. month? I don't know. It's not like in the top of my head. Like, yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm even having that back to bits. You're gonna miss it. Yeah, and and so like because there's so much that goes on in the Grant Morrison issue, and then it's month to month, you're like forgetting what happened in the last one. Because I didn't really like the run that much, but I'm wondering if I go back and read it again, if it'll be better. I bet you uh, would. I bet you would. I might. But also, I mean, I mean, I'm having that same issue with 
keeping up with the current Ninja Turtles series. Like I'm kind of staying a month behind and I don't get things spoiled by doing that as much. Um, well, that's because there's never really online chatter because no in, in this fandom about the comic. Yeah, you're not wrong there too. Well, it's but, also like, uh, I've tried to post comics online and people are like, spoilers, you're talking about it too soon. And then they yeah. just never talk about it. So you're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, is, it is kind of the issue where like people avoiding spoilers kind of ruins the discussion itself about what's going on because it's I mean, like, like, oh, you don't, don't spoil it. And then it's like, well, well then, when am I, I mean, supposed that, to talk about this? That kind, of go, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, how you know, a lot of people are waiting for trades or yeah. waiting for the you know, IDW Ultimate Collection. I do know um, a lot of people who do that. And, and so it, that kills a lot of the discussion. Um, yeah, like, because it's I'm always not like, like how, a one. Let's talk. It's not about like how comic. it used to be, where like you know, dudes would hang out at comic book stores and talk comics. Like, when's the last time that like you've done that genuinely with somebody you know that that was in a store? I've yeah. never done it. Well, <laughs> I mean, probably like ten years. Well, like, I'm a chatty time. guy, so like I like to just talk to you know. I, I always talk to you know my store owners and um, you Ugh. know talk what is talk that to like. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, cause I could be sometimes, invisible. sometimes they're reading the, the same man books. Buying comics. I would <laughs> like, um, John Ray and Liz at Ray's comics in Anaheim. Shout out to them. Ooh. Um, fan, like just fantastic people. Um, like talking to John, like I love talking, talking to John about comics. Um, yeah, it, I guess it depends on what you read too. Like, I I can't say like I've had a lot of instances where because the the comics I primarily buy in person are Team and T, and so it hasn't been too often where it's like they're both a Team and T reader and like an active reader on your same thing again. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, the trades, or I'm waiting for this, or well, like that was the thing with John is like he hadn't read um, the original Mirage issues, so I loaned him like my Ultimate Collection of. Uh, the first the first volume of Mirage, so he can read it with his son for the first time. And he was like, oh, "This is so good!" Like, I wish they would reprint those hardcovers. I'm sorry, buddy. I only have so the first funny. one. I didn't. I didn't keep up with it. Yeah, I have the first one, and it's like, do I get the paperbacks? And it's like, and then it's like, you have an uneven set. Do I buy the rebuy the first yeah. one? I, I, I got the first one in paperback because it was cheaper. Hardcover was available, but I, I just want. I was you know I was looking only at the price at the time. Now I've got one paperback and, you know, four or five uh, hardcovers. Oh, actually, I have the first hardcover and I have this last one they did, the seven of like the collection of covers and the history stuff. Uh-huh. So I guess I could sandwich it. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of changing to the compendium. So maybe I have the I'll compendium, get, too. Maybe I'll get rid of my hardcover. But it doesn't have the exact same issues like the compendium. That's, that's what I don't know. That, can I go on a rant? Like, is it so damn hard to I just know. give me one complete set and not be like, buy this hardcover, which which we swapped out some issues in this one, and it's like, for the love of God, give me all of it in one book. See, I don't but care we... if I have to buy it the third or the fourth time. Just <laughs> give it to me in one damn book. And they're like, no, no, hear us out. We had to leave out this issue this time. And it's like, I'm going to lose it. Well, the thing is, is like, to help out the creators at the time and in 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 the name of giving them their rights yeah they made it very very hard to be able to reprint this stuff i mean not really i guess because having learned more about about Rick Veach and him uh 
talking about reprinting the river story arcs and also it'd probably be sky highway in there as well uh apparently viacom have talked to him uh, or not viacom but maybe idw but viacom will not um agree to abide by the contract and they will not reprint it unless he just gives them full complete rights to the whole thing uh yeah i mean like i get that part of it and like seriously like stand up to the corporations forever i'm just saying like yeah if we if we're just looking like the compendium versus like the ultimate collection those have different issues which the, is the only the, the only issue that's different is main issue yeah yeah eight is yep. the only missing issue even a single issue it's like make them the same well, it's Dave Sim was also doing it at the same time that Kickstarter to the, for the new covers and the reprinting of issue eight. So I think yeah. he has some sway in the reprint. Didn't allow yeah, they, them to reprint, and then so that he could get more people to back his Kickstarter, basically. Yeah, he has to agree to it like, because of Cerebus being in it and him co-writing it. Um, and so because of that, they can't reprint it without his permission. And so he must've not given his permission, which is why it wasn't reprinted curses. Yeah. So it is that hard. And that, that's kind of the, the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if they've been able to get, you know, cause they'd also have to get him from Matt Howarth for turtle dreams. Cause I don't think that one's been reprinted at anything either. Uh, and I don't know if he's one that's, that's still got it or not. Or is, is it Howarth? It's Howarth, right? Or Howard, so. yeah, I think it's Howard. Howard, maybe it's Howard. This and like the DM, and then they, and then they didn't do Shell of the Dragon either in in the classic series, and I don't know why that is, but they didn't reprint Shell of the Dragon, but they did the other Mark Bode story. So go figure. Anyway, should we uh, move on to news? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is Donatello the Brain Thief. If you like classic like Mirage stuff and Lawson's art and things, it is a great story to read uh, and it is a great story to check out if you can find it. On to the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. <laughs> Um, in toy news, uh, the Mutant Mayhem Wave 2, um, it's out in Australia, so kudos to really? folks living in Australia. Yeah, it's people who have it. Um, I've heard the date, like, here is, like, November. Yeah, according to but, Playmates. Yeah. But I feel like Playmates is also kind of bad at that kind of stuff, so I suspect we might see it earlier, but who knows? But yeah, if you're in Australia, if, like, you can see photos, like, people have, like, like, Genghis and, uh... My brain's not working. Wingnut and whatnot. And they look awesome. There is no Ray Filet, though? There is no what? Ray Filet. I mean, there will I'm be riding. a Ray Filet. We've seen yeah. um, in photos and like different, like there was like a stop motion made of like the the figures, I think officially. Oh, yeah. So we've seen Ray Filet a few times. So he's definitely coming, but I guess there's a third wave or who knows? They There's got to be a third wave because we still don't have a single card in April. So True. And I suspect we'll certainly get that. Uh, also revealed um, just today, I believe, was uh, Rocksteady on his motorcycle. Well, I mean, is that like real or because it kind of seemed like that might be like a custom or no, it's, is the psycho real. cycle any it's other real. toy? Huh. There wasn't a ton of info because um, that kind of leads into um, 
what I was going to say. So there was like a small thing that uh, Playmates was hosting in New York uh, a couple days ago. Uh, where they were showing off some upcoming figures kind of ahead of Toy Fair. Uh, and there was a, you know, the wave two of the Mutant Mayhem figures, but also uh, some carded 2003 action figures. Yeah. Which, hey, you know, we might, we might have gotten some of those re-released, so I might be able to uh, pick up some more figures. Yeah. I Wasn't a ton of info. Uh, the box art is definitely different. Um, it's the old 2003, like box art for the individual turtles would like the box card was that turtle's face. Um, on these ones, we saw Leonardo and Donatello on there. Um, it was the generic, you know, all four turtles on the card. Yeah. with like the big head Leo. That's yeah. With the big head Leo and the other four behind or the other three behind him. I uh, kind of suspect these are like mock-ups. Um, I mean, they no, they like may the be they because the logo you know, is also floating around. Yeah, the latest releases. Weird. It's been yeah. Like the the logo down. wasn't attached to the plastic apparently, so it was kind of like floating yeah. around in there. Um, so I feel but also like too, they like, like mocked it up, and that's why they didn't like formally announce. Also, it too, yet. these were missing uh, accessories. Yeah, that's so like that's, it didn't have like the suction cup, you know, claws that they used to climb with the original figures. That's also a common thing. In a lot of their really in a lot of their releases, they don't have full accessories anymore. Yeah. That happened to, uh, at least mutagen man. I remember that was a big complaint with him. Yeah. Or storage shell. Mikey is missing his like mini scythe. They also switched his leg out. So they, so they don't sometimes do like the reissues exactly one-to-one. They make some changes. I assume for costs because to their credit, these reissues have been 10 bucks. So it's like, it's super hard to complain. But yeah, they're not exactly one to one, but I'm super excited. Yeah, it'll be it'll be real interesting to see how deep they go into those 2003 releases, like because the 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 vintage line re-releases like they've gone pretty far so far. Yeah, and they've done some like like the I was shocked that they did the pizza toss and turtles and stuff like that. It's like that's mechanical. Um, So, yeah, they're, they're going deeper and with like, you know, they've done. They've acted, and they're still going deep, and they're doing like the adventures repaints and stuff. So they're going into it. So I would imagine we will at least get like the full, you know, four turtles, Splinter, Shredder, and you know. I just I've always wanted one. the Turtle Bot. I never got one. I've always wanted that figure. I'm gonna get my, gonna get my Nano figure and my Nobody figure, and uh, I hope I hope they never do a Nano just for you. I, I, I hope they do. Re- I hope they don't re-release that figure. I hope you get nobody, <laughs> Spencer. If you if you buy the new turtles, though, I'm gonna need my old ones back. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, I I you know <laughs> he mysteriously. I wasn't planning. On, actually, I wasn't planning yeah. on buying the new turtles because mm, I because I already have them. He was it's, wiring up his house, and there was an arc flash, and it destroyed the plastic. <laughs> gotcha. It melted them. So it's like no, you get like I, a you can get like a a, a nano puddle. As as much as I love doing life work, I've I've never done life work because it's it's you know there's, it's not worth it. Mike uh, doesn't know. Mike doesn't need to know that Spencer. Oh okay. Oh my bad. I'll my never bad. get those figures back okay. over your cold. Uh, also in toy. Also in toy news. Uh, IDW Shredder from the best action or the loyal subjects best action toy line uh, went up for pre order basically everywhere. Uh, I pre ordered it on Amazon, and it is currently expected to ship in October. 
It says yeah. October 30th for me, but somebody wrote the 27th in the notes. Yeah, mine shows the 27th. For me, like yeah. Amazon has always been like super prompt with the releases, though um, I have seen with these IDW Turtles specifically, like they seem to hit local comic shops or local toy stores sooner. So if you have one of those, see if they can order some for you. Because I've seen, usually it's like a week or two in advance, people are getting them from their local shops. So Yeah. And and man, this this shredder figure looks pretty darn good, especially yeah. for a best action figure. Somebody yeah, mentioned is. somebody mentioned that the scale ch- would changed. I don't know if they're right with it. Like the the turtles they, are like pitched as like five inch figures. The shredder is pitched as a six inch figure. Um, which, but it's yeah, still like, they still say it's one fifteenth scale. That's the scale they always report on the listings. So that yeah, has. I, so I think I think the shredder is six inches in the five inch scale. Yeah, so I, mm. as long as he he just has to be you know taller than the you just got to be taller than the turtles like that's it yeah yeah one I thing don't to know much not... I just ask for proper scaling yeah yeah even just among the own line like I don't care how big the line itself is but you know at least make in proportion to itself one thing to note folks if you're hoping for the shredder in hell version where it comes with the comic and the the figure has like a different paint job that one we haven't seen a pre order go up yet. I don't know if I'll get both. I'll get I, both because I'm. I guess, uh, that's me. Um, I have I have three versions of the IDW turtles. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But I don't nec- I don't know if it's necessarily worth it if you don't like want the comic. But I would say, um, you know, these figures with more paint is always a good thing. Just the way they they work out. I should open my IDW paint. turtles. I haven't opened them yet. They're good. Careful with Leo's shoulder. So you've totally oh. blown my mind with the storage shell Michelangelo reissue. <laughs> I had no idea. No, yeah, like, it's like the, the one, one I've gotten. Yeah, is different. It's... And yeah, like because he has almost all his accessories, but not the little mini sickle, which is fine. But the mini sickle features very prominently on the card art, so it's like. Yeah, it, it is. Damn weird. It. Why would you leave it off? <laughs> yeah, his it looks like his what his left leg is flat instead of like up. Yeah, and, which you uh, know, frankly, that's better because it's easier. True, to stand. but he doesn't but, have the 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 nunchuck hand. His uh his right forearm is straight like Donatello's, not yeah. uh, curved like. I assume it's it's probably because like you know, the those mold parts they don't have, so they're just like cobbling it together because you know they're not about. I don't like, know because. You're, so you're not have, like selling a ten dollar figure and making new molds. Is that's just not going to happen? So I'm see, pretty sure. I have uh, like, like rad plastic that that book about the mm-hmm, Playmates fantastic toys. book. Yeah, and it it seems like they could just like make a new cast off a part that exists. I don't know why that's you would think. A, yeah, they, well, because like because like even if you have even if you make a new cast, you still have to build that as a mold for the plastic, right? So like it's not like they can't do it. I just don't think. It's feasible to keep the price they have and to invest into a new like th- those machine parts, you know, because that's not a cheap thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it comes to, and that's why like um, seemingly we didn't get pizza toss and Donnie because that mold is toast. So they could easily like rebuild it, but the amount of money they're going to put into that to sell a ten dollar figure is just that part I understand, even though it's yeah. disappointing. Which sucks because I really want that Donatello pizza toss and one. I think yeah. it's insane. I have my original one. They're my favorite figures. I was so blown away. Yeah, I have Raph and Leo, so I need the other two. But eBay, get them on eBay. Go for it. Don't don't hesitate. <laughs> News. 
You cut off there, Mike. All right. Comics news. So in comic books, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Saturday Morning Adventures number five is coming the day after this episode airs. So that is September 27th. Nice. I got caught up on that recently. It's been so good. Really enjoy it. Yeah. And well, the, yeah. the other thing the other that sweet, I'm... sweet wrecking lore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Last Ronin showed up in it for a brief second. Uh, lots of lots of little. Yeah, there's awesome drops in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also posted a picture of a chat in there, right? They included a chat. Yeah, there's a there's a chat in there too. Yeah. Which I'm kind of like, do they listen to this show? You know, or I mean, I, like, it's not like it's not like this is the only way to learn about chat, right? <laughs> but I feel like no one cares as much about chat as we do. Right. You know. I think that's it's, all. yeah. I think it's. A th- I was gonna post that. I was like, are you a real Ninja Turtles fan if you don't know who Chet is? If if you haven't, you know, if you don't just pay attention to the word Chet and uh, get a laugh out of it every time you see it. Exactly. Not because you get Peter and Kevin's inside joke, but just because you know it is an inside joke. And so it just becomes entertaining finding it and seeing it and reading it. It's an inside joke you'd like to be a part of someday. Yeah. And, and, so, and so you laugh at it, hoping that one day they fill you in. There's a movie company. I just want to belong, you guys. There's a moving company around me called Chet's Moving. And I'm always like, man, I just live in the Mirage universe apparently. I think you mention that every time we bring up chat. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's so interesting to me. <laughs> All right. And in movie TV news, uh just shadow dropped earlier this week. Uh Mutant Mayhem came streaming on Paramount Plus. RIP to people who bought it digitally. Like I mean, obviously <laughs> yeah, it was going to come to Paramount yeah. Plus, but it was just funny that they li- literally gave everybody a one-day notice. Yes. Yeah. it's not like their big thing or anything it's just... yeah uh but also along with mutant mayhem coming to paramount plus uh seasons one and two of 87 also dropped on paramount plus now i have seen some interesting comparisons um with the quality of those uh of those episodes Apparently, they're not nearly as saturated as the DVD versions and the old digital versions. Interesting. So they're they seem darker, but the picture is clearer mm. in a way. Uh, it's interesting. I, I uh, signed back up for Paramount Plus uh, on Tuesday when uh, the movie dropped. So I was like, uh, so I watched that, but I haven't gone to see 87 yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm really interested yeah, to kind of yeah. compare the two. I've seen kind of side by side pictures. Now, do they use the original theme song or do they have that weird one? They, they do use, use the original movie? theme song. Okay, cool. Uh, also super interesting. Uh, Jason uh, talked about this on Turtle Recall a couple days ago. Uh, Amazon, if you bought the old Lionsgate di- digital versions, uh, you can no longer access them on your Amazon Prime account. There you go. Uh, That's like why I don't just, buy stuff on Amazon. The wonders uh, of the digital world, folks. But I checked, I checked my version on Voodoo, and they did change. They changed it so that now it's so now it says Nickelodeon at the beginning. It's like the you're watching Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Like it plays that at the beginning of the of the whatever episode you're watching now. So it's real interesting the digital licenses there. But it still says like Fred Wolf at the end of the at the end of each episode. So who knows? Uh, and last but not least, uh, just uh, was it yesterday? Two days ago. Uh, Meet Mayhem 
the official sequel series uh, got its title card, Tales of the TMNT. Um, and it was announced that this is going to be coming streaming to Paramount Plus next year in 2024. I don't know. I feel I have my doubts if that actually holds. I mean, it'll be it'll be real interesting to see how much has been done because we still currently are in the middle of the writers and actors strikes. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible they they've been working on it the whole time before. So that, I've but, seen yeah. some artists that I follow um, have now like they've been able to come out and say that they were working on this uh, after the logo revealed. Like some of them said that they, you know, oh, like I'm doing storyboards for this. Oh, I'm doing this for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so it is actively being worked on, it seems. But it's real interesting to see that, like, you know, how much can they do with no writers or <laughs> actors? It's going to be it's actually going to be like a silent movie there because they're inspired by the comics. So it's <laughs> yeah. Is it a radio audio <laughs> drama? <laughs> uh, but it is the 2D animated uh, show, which which is kind of interesting, too. Yeah, that's I don't know. We'll see. For me, it's the kind of thing where it's like, if you like the style, for particularly with like 2D, like if it doesn't gel with me, like I think 3D, you can get more of a, a pass, but if they do the wrong style, I don't know. Like, do you think they'll they'll try to like do the movie style in 2D? I think so. Um, God, I'm trying, I'm trying to find which artist it was that I follow that... Um, because so I think that would work really it. well, like that sketchy teenage notebook style would be super cool. I mean, the logo evokes that too, so I assume, yeah. All right. I'm just what I'm really hoping out of that series is just that every single episode begins with someone saying, "Let me tell you a story," just like the original tells <laughs> yeah. the TMNT I mean, that, comic. God, that would be so cool. Like, I would yeah. love for this to be like be like an anthology series. It, it feels like it will be. From I mean, the 2012 what, series was too. Well, yeah, the, right. The that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like this, this from what we've heard, you know, kind of rumors about the show is that it's going to be like, you know, kind of just random stories in this mutant mayhem universe. Yeah. And that would fit with like, we were talking a bit before, like how rise was very like, you know, one episode would have, you know, it'd be like three different episodes cobbled together and like that kids TV kind of thing. Yeah, that, which that Nickelodeon Nickelodeon may want, you know, that kind of 11-minute episode format again, which would suck, but it, it's also a different TV environment now. Like, you know, they didn't have Paramount Plus back in 2018 when Rise came out. You know, Rise was perfect to fill time between episodes of SpongeBob. Now you have a dedicated streaming service that you can put half-hour episodes on. So it'll, yeah. be, it'll be real interesting to see the format for this show. But also if they start every episode of let me tell you a story, I can clip that and use it in our episodes. Oh, so you're just thinking of yourself. I, but I also, I also just want to homage the original comics and the original concept. <laughs> no, the I mean, I do too. Like, like I would like, to I see do too. That. Like I would love to see more of that connective tissue, you know, because we, we know how much mutant mayhem you know pays homage to you know the theme of 87 and the original toy line now let's see that kind of bleed into other versions you know is there is there an epf in this world yeah you know it movie's pronounced if the F. yeah 
I don't, I don't know if you can, I don't know, like with, with the way they have the turtles already out and about and that kind of leading to shredder being the next villain. I don't know if you can really have an EPF. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, I hope them back I in the know. sewer, yeah. you know, they could go back to the sewer. That's when the 2003 series really got good. That's when it came into its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, whatever, dude. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) that is it for this week. So, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're digging our heels back into the next mutation, trudging through it, back into the sludge. We're sliding through the magic, baby. I'm excited. Uh, so we'll be covering episodes 10, 11, and 12. And this is all still in the airing order, not the production order. Yes. So episodes 10, 11, 12. I'm not stalling because I don't have the thing up right now. I it's all right. The titles, only- definitely. It is Meet Dr. Queeze, Windfall, and Truth or Consequences. Just an Just- absolute fantastic time, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the, thank one you again. Any. Thank you again to everybody who listened to this episode. We really do appreciate you guys coming back every week to listen to us ramble about, you know, whatever it is about Ninja Turtles, you know. Uh, so let us know somewhere on the internet what you think of the episode, Ninja Turtle Power Hour or Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, Cowabunga Dudes. Cowabunga. Uyakasha. I actually have hot soup. For, well, it's not really hot anymore. Chowder. Liar. And is, is chowder. chowder a soup? Is it, is it classified no. as a soup? No. I, I, You add the clams into it, it it changes its chemical substance. Is chowder a soup? Instead of hot soup, you should say lukewarm chowder. Chowder is a (laughs) thick soup prepared with milk or cream, a roux, and seafood or vegetables. Is stew a soup? It sounds like chowder sounds like a stew with milk. Is chowder a soup or stew? Chowder is a type of soup or stew. Is is mm. stew a soup as well? Like, is is a stew a soup? I don't think your wishy washy source is definitive enough. I think we vote. I now. mean, I'm going off of Wikipedia and their sources. I so. vote chowder is not a soup. Uh, generally speaking, a dish is called a soup when it's primarily liquid based. Stews are thicker and chunkier, but an especially thick or chunky soup could be called a stew. I think chowder is like to me. It's like a a blended stew. Man, I don't, I don't want this gray world of stew versus soup. I want black and white. Give me some. Give me a hard line I, of when something from, becomes a from, stew or a soup. This is from dictionary.com. Give me an official. Soup. I want official measurement of the viscosity as well as yeah, like the, the allowable amount of. I hate that canon? word viscosity. The, Ugh, the, viscosity. the allowable amount of chunks, you know, in your in your dish for it to then suddenly become a stew, right? All right this like is, chunks of things that aren't noodles. This is on Reddit, the r slash soup subreddit. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. But I, I don't doubt that there's an r slash soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah find it. It definitely is. Uh, no doubt. 
I wonder if there's yeah. R slash chowder. There I don't think R there was soup. a. I don't think there was a smooth transition from like there Mike is R sign out. Chowder. <laughs> <laughs> but is it That's about fine. Chowder the TV show? It's the, oh, it's the TV yeah. show. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. God, I, I miss that so much. Guys, there are seventy six and a half thousand people on R soup. <laughs> Pepper spray? That sounds delicious. Is Chowder the one that has the mean leatherback turtle? What's what series is that from? Huh? What what cartoon series had like the evil leatherback turtle that people always say Donnie is from Rice? Gumball? Gumball. I think it's Gumball. No, there wasn't a turtle in Gumball. I've never I don't heard know. This. I didn't have cable. I only got to see select episodes of of all these shows at select times in my life. So oh, I I love Amazing World of Gumball. I don't remember. Oh, I like I like Amazing World of Gumball. So it's really funny. But I've so seen like, like Gumballs. Whenever in the Rise discourse, people always say like, "Oh, it was that you know soft shell turtle, that evil soft shell turtle was Donnie." And apparently, I saw a video of a a soft shell turtle just terrorizing the fish tank. So apparently, soft shell turtles are huge jerks. Yeah, or just yeah, menaces. I saw that on River Monsters too. Yeah, they have it, teeth that are like oh, uh, like clamps. Yeah. It's an it's from like an one episode. Hey, that's enough to make a NECA figure, baby. <laughs> it's from an okay. It's 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 from one episode of Gumball where they like got a soft shelled turtle. Yeah. It's called the yeah. Evil Turtle. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Which was Nicholas Cantu? Was he from Gumball? Yeah, Nicholas yeah. Cantu was uh, the third voice of Gumball. Because if you haven't watched Amazing World of Gumball, the, the character, I mean, like the characters, all changed voice actors like three times, three, four times. I think, I think there's five Gumballs. I mean, to fill a machine, you need a, you need a handful. So it makes sense. Two, three, four. Speaking of uh, one episode, NECA yeah, figures, five, there's five gumballs. Someone either bought three or hid three Bugman and Electro Zappers at my Target. Like they were there <laughs> one day, they were gone the next. I have to assume they're like under the shelf in the pillow aisle or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know scalpers. They you scalp what you got to scalp, I guess. Yeah, I do kind of want the Electro Zapper because he comes with like cool effects. But I'm also like, I don't want to, I don't want people to see that I own that. He looks so dorky. And, and who's weird. gonna Who's gonna judge you? <laughs> then I mean, the like Bugman. Sometimes Bugman gives me nightmares. I don't want plastic. Yeah, like I don't him. want those figures. I just want some of the accessories they come with. Yeah, yeah. Just Just buy them and swap them out. You know, that's where you get. You know, you return it with like a Peter Parker figure, and nobody pays attention. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want the figures. I want. I want the accessories. No, yeah, you just so, like, jam I whatever crap them, you have lying around. And I guess, yeah. Just pull you, whatever out of my accessory you, bin. You take it, but you take tinfoil and mold your own replacement accessories. Return it; they'll never look, and then you That's win. True. You've done this. You've done this before, haven't you? I've seen enough people finding these jackass swaps that yeah. like nothing surprises me. Anymore. My favorite one was like someone like basically cut the box in half, and it was like yeah. slash and shredder yeah. or slash and splinter, like like taped together basically <laughs> there was one with the stranger things turtle set where they actually like made it better like 
they like took only the Stranger Things figures, which I like those ones. But like in the pack you got, it was like two turtles. So it was like, hey, there you go. Technically, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You saved someone twenty bucks. All right, guys, I'm gonna hop off here. Oh, who wants to for next week? Sorry, uh, let's see. Let me bring that up again. Uh, I didn't do an episode, so I will do one. Okay, sweet. Give me a sec. I need to go back, 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 back. Spencer definitely wants to do one and be like needy. I think I think Spencer has not had a week off, so I think this might be his week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I have never had a week. You still off. have to watch those. <laughs> yeah. Ones, you have I was to watch. Say, of course, I'm gonna watch all three of them. But how am I gonna talk about it if I don't watch them? <laughs> you could just make stuff up. Nobody'd really know. They, they'd know. They'd know. Trust me. I'm. I'm. I always have very strong opinions on on things. So, if I didn't have any strong opinions, you know something's up. You could just <laughs> recycle old next mutation opinions. And but then, apply. but 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 then the show isn't isn't you know I try to avoid that I try not to do too much of that like I have some like initial complaints that usually come out in the first few like the first episode that kind of carry over across the whole season I try not to repeat them too often. Do you have like a master spreadsheet of like, yeah, sorting it out? I, I know I just I just think about it and like I, I know I'm like enough of a a broken record a lot of times and so it's like I don't want to make every episode the same you know it's like. Oh yeah, we're we're still covering the next mutation. Oh look at this. Okay, yeah, they move around too much when they talk, uh, and their sound effects all the time when they move around. They move around uh, too much. When they talk. Could you just stay still? That's that's old man Spencer about sir, to have. Please, <laughs> please hold still while you're speaking. Enjoy that. Guy. Enjoy your future, Spencer. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just like the full body movement for like saying like hey what are you guys doing you know yeah, it's like don't, kids don't do that at all you're you fine. don't have to like move your shoulders and head around like that much when you're asking someone how they're doing no no one does they that. just they just grab you know what they're saying is not what they were filming you know they, they're just grabbing scenes and adding adding uh vocalizations over the top of it like you can yeah, see that and- when uh when they're talking about the dolphins scum like dragon lord <laughs> is like rubbing his stomach it's like they're just mm-hmm. grabbing whatever and, and hey you know you yeah, don't know what he's weird. into you don't you don't know why he said that yeah yeah all, all right, we so- need to know is dolphin scum <laughs> Jeez, someone they knew what they were doing a uh percent. what were the three episodes again uh, meet Dr. Queez, Windfall, and Truce or Consequences. I will do Meet Dr. Queez. Have you seen the, the figure they didn't release for Dr. Queez? It looks horrifying. I I'll try and find a pick. Uh, Cody, do you want Windfall or Truce or Consequences? Uh, windfall. Okay. I will take Truce or Consequences. Dr. Squeeze? Dr. Queez. Oh, God Queen. damn it. Of course, I picked the only one without a plot summary on Turtlepedia. <laughs> I, these very rarely have them. I, and I feel like you're better off with these writing your own. Because sometimes it's the kind of thing where, like, Turtlepedia, when you're not expecting yeah. them to be super detailed, they go, like, way into it. And so, like, <laughs> they're describing yeah. every wrinkle on Dr. Queez's forehead. And they're like, come on. <laughs> yeah. This is a summary, not a not a synopsis. <laughs> like not a, yeah, exactly. Like not a not a retelling. All right. All right. Here see you is. Let me drop this. This is the Doctor Queez. Oh damn it! I didn't actually copy. Yep. All right. See you next guy next week, Bye. guys. Take see you guys care. next week. Take care. See you, dudes. There it is. Chowder. Then yes.
I think it's I think it just the clams goes without saying. Well, that's only if it's a clam chowder. You maybe can have if, corn maybe chowder, the, you can have maybe it's the clam chowder. that makes the creaminess. That's chowder. 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 Say chowder. Chowder. Um, so I'm from Nebraska and my wife and I honeymooned in San Francisco and I got clam chowder with corn in it. It was mm-hmm. the best thing ever. I was like, isn't it weird that I'm from the land of corn and I had to fly to the West Coast to get <laughs> corn in my chowder? It was, it was, it was real funny because like the I, I working at Disneyland, like I fell in love with the clam chowder they sell at the park. Um, it was just like something about it. It was just it was just really good. And that was just what I always enjoyed eating out of a eating that out of a bread bowl. Uh, and then I had a friend that worked in the restaurant that served it. And she's like, you know, it just comes out of a can, right? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you really thought otherwise? <laughs> well, I mean, because most of the time, most of the time they make, you know, the food there. Like, I've seen the cook sure station. they do. I've seen the, co- I've, I've seen the cook stations. The churros are hand poured right before your eyes. No, the churros, the churros aren't. Um, those, they're baked off site and then brought in. But it's like, it's the same. You can buy like the Disneyland churros at like Costco. I could imagine going to Disneyland and eating clam chowder. Like I would just crap my pants before I went and get it over with. (laughs) Because it was because it's good. (laughs) No, because it would just go right through me. No, (laughs) it it was it was pretty good. um, I just could imagine walking around like in the hot sun and eating clam chowder. Oh yeah, you've done the chowder colonic. It's definitely not pineapple. It's definitely not like a summer day thing. Like. You know, dis- uh, wintertime at the parks was like is is my favorite time, and it's like when it gets nice and cold, and it's like it gets really cold at Disneyland. So like, what's what's having, cold to you? Um, I mean, it gets down in the sixties. I mean, but, but also down in the sixties. Yeah, it get it gets down it gets down to the sixties. Um, you know, fifties, but also like yeah, I was thinking Disneyland, like snow, oh. like there's ice. Disneyland because yeah. Disneyland I'm, is open I'm from air. a place where one time it was so cold that it was the same temperature in Celsius and Fahrenheit. I got it I got it, it. I got it. I got it. Your dick is big and shriveled. Whoa. It's cold. I get it. Whoa. I get it. This is a family saying, podcast. This is the bonus 60's content. This is not cold though. This, this is, is the GMT after dark that keeps I'm trying to give you context as to why it's so cold is that it's it's basically a wind tunnel so the wind chill makes it colder. Ah, okay. You know what I've always thought was stupid? And maybe it's because I'm stupid when they're like, it's 40 degrees out, but it feels like 30. Why why, why would it just be 30 degrees out? Explain yeah. that to me. <laughs> I've never understood. So, uh, or, like, or like the uh, percentage of rain? Yeah. I heard there was some TikTok where it's like, if they say 30%, that means like, like, like a 30% of the area will get rain and like the rest of it won't. I don't know. I yeah. can't remember if that's true. I'm probably like a misremember I remember hearing that. that. Yeah. No, no, no. You, that, that's yeah. I remember, I remember hearing that too. It's like, it, it, it's 30% of your area is supposed to have rain. And it's like, then just say that. Yeah. Cause everyone else, like, like, I don't know, like if you guys talk to your parents, but mine are well into that stage where they're like, oh, the, they don't know the weather and they still check the weather all the time, but they're like, oh, they don't know what's going to happen. And like they'll say, like you know, if it's like oh, forty percent chance of rain and it doesn't rain, they're like, see, see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my wife's family is farmers, so like the one thing everyone can talk about is exactly like to the millimeter how much rain they got. <laughs> Absurd. Absurdly. I, I mean, boring. I still check the weather, but uh, I'm gonna go meet uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. this weekend. Ooh, oh, cool! It's the thirtieth anniversary of Surf Ninjas. 
Um, so I'm very excited to go. He was in Surf Ninjas? Uh, he got Surf Ninjas because everyone loved him as Kino. I guess when I think of... I guess when I hear Surf Ninjas, I think of the three ninjas strike back or kick back or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it came out alongside all of those, but... Um, no, like, everyone loved him on the first movie. Like, he was... Every, everyone, like, thought he was real charming and when he was inside the, like, Donatello suit. Mm-hmm. And so they wrote Kino for him. And then everyone loved him as Kino, and so they made Autumn Surf back in Ninjas. The third movie. Yeah, well, every, I mean, they made Surf Ninjas based on that, and like that, they wrote him a leading role. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Is he, is he doing better? Like, I know for a while he was posting a bunch of videos from like dialysis or something. Yeah, he's got, um, forget what he's got, but yeah, he's he's been kind of off and on sick. Like, it, it was kind of up in the air um, if he was going to go to this or not. I'm, uh, have you seen Surf Ninjas? I have not seen Surf Ninjas, no. I, I have not either. I Is this like the anniversary that. or something? It's the 30th anniversary of the movie. 30th, okay. I missed that. That's uh, cool. It's it, one of my all-time favorite movies. Spencer, you're going to hate it. Um, okay. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it it's, disregard surf lore? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, definitely doesn't, it definitely doesn't follow the Mirage Surf Ninjas comics. You see, the thing is, <laughs> is that sometimes I have a standard for Ninja Turtles that isn't the same for something that doesn't have a previous established, a previously established idea for it. You know, I don't know. Rob Schneider was you know? in it. Rob Schneider was in it. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, Rob Schneider was in it. Uh, he, it is one of his better movies that he is in. Yeah, I'm not um, saying that like a bad thing. It's just, well, I, mean, I am because Rob Schneider's a total yeah, asshole. I mean, but. he took a a heel turn for sure. Yeah. Wait, and um, Leslie Nielsen? What is this movie? Yeah, exactly. Like Leslie Nielsen, Tone Loke, Kelly Who. Like it's it's wild. Um, like the people that are in this movie. Um and I'm so I'm friends with the younger brother. Uh, um the act the actor that plays the younger brother in the movie. His name's Nick. Hmm. Um and it was weird because like I grew up loving this movie and then years later when I was doing my like retro like movie podcast, we were going to do surf ninjas. And then I had found out that Nick had done the cover art for my friend's band's album. And so like, I, I didn't, I never realized how close I was to knowing him. So then he and I linked up and then we've been friends ever since. When you hang out, do you constantly bring up surf ninjas? No. Mm-hmm. but it was but it was it was really cool because like when he had come on our podcast like we he told us that like he didn't know um he didn't he didn't know that there was this fandom for the movie because like this is the only movie that he had ever done and so he was like you know he he was sad he, he was depressed because he's like he never got a chance after this um and and so like doing our podcast was like the first time he really got like to know how much people loved this movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did he um, have a big role or a little role? No, yeah, he was, he was the, he was the um, main character. He was one of the main characters. The movie's about two brothers and he was the younger one. Hmm. I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely more interested in it now seeing like just seeing the poster. But I mean, like it definitely feels like secret of the ooze um Uh-oh. like 
the worst team in team movie i know i was gonna say like it, it definitely feels secret of the use turtles Yikes. 3 like it's it's very goofy wait so the, were the people who made secret of the use like did they make surf ninjas was it the same like i mean it's new line cinema hmm, that makes sense yeah i don't know i'm very familiar with the name and I'm kind of uh, puzzled that I never actually saw I would love to do somehow. a Surf Ninjas episode because it is related to TMNT in some way, but we don't have to. It was a video game, apparently. There was, because uh, a Sega Game Gear features prominently in the movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, spoilers. Um, but, like, they're, they're these two, like, brothers. They find out, like, they're actually princes from a from a fictional Asian country. Um, and that they have their, they, one is a warrior and one is like, can tell the future, but the way his powers manifest is that he can, he predicts the future in his game gear. So it's like a game gear Shinobi. Uh, I mean, he, he mentioned Shinobi, like he, he boots it up and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I thought I was playing Shinobi. Um, which, which was funny because he, he told me that like, they had a list of games that they could say. And it was all games that like Sega had wanted to promote at the time. And so he, he told me it was like the one they, they told him to say in the script was like colloidal something (laughs) like colloidal crashers, something really stupid. And he's like, he's like, this is dumb. No one my age has heard of this. He's like, I'm going to say Shinobi. Let's see. And so that's how he said, that's how he got Shinobi in the movie. But if you look at the cartridge, the cartridge from the industry. But if you look at the if you look at the cartridge in the back of the Game Gear, it's that colloidal whatever game. Colloidal silver, the game. Colloidal's a hard word to spell, right? It's a hard word to say. Colloidal shouters, shouters, real good. Does it does it have that fresh sea taste? It's not clam chowder. Or are they I mean, have you potatoes? asked your wife if there's clams in it? I did. I helped her make it. I mean, were you there the whole time? Yes. Did she at one point pull a secret ingredient from below the counter? She did, but then she told me what it was, and it was just more corn. Did the corn have a shell that opened? <laughs> oh, you know what? It did, <laughs> but then the corn came out of it. Yeah, how do you like know it was pearl. corn or mini clams? Yeah, Cor- clam is just the corner of the sea, right? Anyway, I think the <laughs> I think the three of you guys should watch Surf Ninjas. Like I said, it's absolutely one of my favorite movies. It's it's very much a '90s goofy movie, not a goofy movie. Let's watch a goofy 90s. movie. Stand I, you know, this may be controversial opinion, but I prefer an extremely goofy movie over a goofy movie. I like an extremely goofy movie. It it's not bad. It, it is a case where the sequel was better than the original, if you ask me. I definitely not. Me. Definitely not. But it is a lot better than people give it credit for. I mean, there's also, the whole X Games, you know, and all that stuff in there. It's awesome. Which is which awesome. is funny because like Disney had Disney owned the X Games at the time. Uh huh. I mean, they still do, but uh oh, good news. Surf Ninjas is re-uploaded to YouTube again. Every every like year or so, uh, it gets pulled, and then someone re-uploads it. 
Is it for sale anywhere? Uh, I think just on DVD. That, that's a thing that like Nick has been trying to, um, that Nick's been trying to do like, because, uh, Warner brothers owns new line now. So Warner mm-hmm. brothers technically owns the movie, but there hasn't been, um, there hasn't been a re-release of it since DVD. Mm. Surf ninjas. Does it have like a, a surf ninjas theme song you could sing for us, Mike? Uh, they definitely do not. Uh, however, the, the, song that's most associated with them is barbara ann i was hoping for like a the beach boys like a beach Uh, boys song but sung in japanese you know like did you ever see the movie euro trip where they like uh, i did so wait 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 soundtrack has like american songs but sung like in european languages barbara ann but in japanese so it's just kind of like okay so that is that is a joke in the movie it's not japanese though because they're they're more like it's more like a thai inspired country so it's definitely not japanese um and so this is this is like a, a prime example of when i say that like ninja was kind of a pop culture thing more so than it was like actual assassins like this is the perfect example there is nothing Japanese in this movie, but they use ninjas because it's shorthand for martial arts assassin or just martial artist. Yeah, just cool nineties word. Exactly. You you wear a headband and you do martial arts. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Like that is that's a ninja in the nineties, eighties, nineties sense of the term. Well, those of us trained in the hidden art of karate laughed at you ninja fools. And so like and so yeah. I, I watch the movie and tell me if you guys want to do an episode on it. Cause I've done an episode <laughs> on this movie, but I would love to revisit it because that episode is gone now. No, it I, I had lost media at this point. I actually had I mean, basically yeah, my, the guy who used to run our old podcast didn't, um, he stopped paying for the server and he didn't back anything up. And so all of our old episodes, like four years of episodes are gone. Uh, it really sucks. It it takes a lot of clams to pay for a server. Yeah, which which I mean nowadays, like you know, you don't have to. <laughs> you know, you upload it to YouTube or you know Spotify. Yeah, true. Um, so it just it just sucks in hindsight that like it was so easy to lose our episodes, and then like poor Nick like wanted our episode, like he wanted to feature that uh, this weekend, and like show it to Ernie and stuff. Um. And I, we can't find the file. Hmm. Y'all hear my cat purring? Yeah. Nah, no, I don't. Okay, let me kick him out of the room real quick. The yays have it. No, do you, you were asking if we, can we hear it or do we want to hear it? Can you hear it? I always oh, thought it was, no. do I want to hear it? Yeah, I cannot hear it. Yeah, no, I can't hear it. Either. Yeah, I can't hear it. All so right. you leave that cat alone. We'll do. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Actually I had an anthropology professor like when, in my, my brief time in college, uh, that I guess was trained by one of the last, like people actually trained in ninjutsu and he was like offering classes and, and I kind of wanted to do it except for I was too busy 
as a, as a person to stop and learn ninjutsu from my eccentric <laughs> anthropology professor. Man, you you know, man, you could be, be pouring poison down a string right now. I could, I could. Like, toppling well, governments for the CIA. Right? I could, I could. Well, he talked about how they'd straight up like pull out like weapons and like bow staffs in class and how people like they'd sometimes draw blood in class. And I'm just like, that sounds really intense. Wait, he was in a, like a ninjutsu class. Like, like he, no, like he, he was teaching it, I believe. And I believe I mean, is the, are that you he was actually real or you just read a manga and forgot. No, no, this, this was real, dude. This is my anthropology <laughs> professor in college that had these classes. He even had flyers up for it. Apparently he was trained by like one of the last, like legitimate ninjas or, you know, people trained in ninjutsu. Uh, and, and he was teaching classes. He was like, overweight and things you know kind of thing like you, i would not expect this gets to, better and better yeah <laughs> this yeah, guy like to, the steven seagal of ninjas <laughs> yeah was it steven seagal <laughs> no no he, he's he's a, he was a texan uh <laughs> yeah no better and better oh man just, you gotta find yeah. you gotta track this guy down and take a couple classes and let us know man. i bet he has a youtube channel like the last anthropologist i can't even, I can't even remember his name but but yeah, you no. Call he, him sensei, <laughs> right? Uh, it was, it was, I just remember it being just like, I don't know, like it's like I kind of want to take him up on the offer because it kind of be cool, but also I feel like I don't know if I could truly. I know that you're like an educator and stuff, and you're doing this like through the college. Maybe I I don't know. Can I trust this guy, <laughs> or or am I gonna go in there and he's just winging it the whole time and just faking it? You know, he's just like, yeah, everyone just. Just swing your sticks around, yeah, yeah, yeah. You spin it like that, yeah, yeah. That's that. Yep, that that that'll defend you. Yeah, just spin the stick like that. <laughs> it is kind of the perfect know. crime because, like, what are the odds you're going to get in a ninja fight and actually need to defend yourself? Yeah. See, you would have right. you would have been immersed. It's kind of like a John Wick thing where you would have been entered into the underbelly of ninja society. Yeah, probably. It, yeah, I don't so. know. I wouldn't believe him until like we actually like we're given a website where we could buy smoke pellets and like toss like smoke bombs and, and ninja disappear. smoke eggs. Yeah. I, I need, it's I need the most smoke manga thing ever. This whole story is the most, I like know. that's a coming soon to Shonen jump. <laughs> right. You should start say, I mean, like a, and people like say a, it's unrealistic that splinter learned martial arts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spencer almost learned it in college. For I almost learned it in college. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, I mean, like that's how people learn. His teacher was John Shredder. <laughs> Friends call me Shredhead. Eric Sachs. Eric Sachs. I was about to say, yeah, his name was Eric Sachs. Yeah. <laughs> the Anglicized. Yeah, the, the first draft of the Michael Bay movie was actually based on a true story. <laughs> nice. I became All a right. turtle figuratively. Right. Do they have a lot of news in the document here? It's uh, pretty light this week. Pretty I light some, week. You we can the, deny it if you, if you need to. I'm not sure uh, if it's yeah, new. Or... We had the uh, the new logo for the moot for the show. Yeah, Tales of the TMNT. That's pretty cool. Which, I'm glad that's... they're going with like a Tales format. I think that's fun. Yeah, and like it's totally okay if people don't know things, but it has been kind of painful. <laughs> To also see people like on the internet that like, I don't know, I guess maybe join Ninja Turtles with like the 2012 series or something. I don't know. But I've seen some of them be like, oh, they're naming it after the fifth season of the 2012 series. 
And it's like, no, there was a whole side series of the original comics that that season yeah. of the 2012 yeah. series was named after. That is fun. That's how you know. Like, And then, like, because it's like 10 years ago. So it's like, what is, you know, the statute of limitations where it's like someone's reasonably expected to know? Because yeah. we're soon approaching like the whole like silver age of Marvel comics where it's like, oh, ho, but Spider-Man in the 60s. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, I mean, Spi- yeah, Spider-Man had his 60th anniversary this year. Last year, wow! I don't know, I X Men X Men sixtieth was this year. I think I think both Marvel and DC and they, they've kind of tried it before, I guess already with starting like another side universe thing that's separate from everything else. Ultimate but baby I, that yeah. Marvel's bringing back yeah. the ultimate universe. Ultimate and well, yeah, DC wild. tried to do the the All Star universe, but you know All Star Batman kind of totally bombed and is kind of known as one of the worst comic no. books of all time all-star all batman like sold really well it just it was so bad well yes i mean i mean okay, maybe it did so really miller? well but yes yeah, it was frank miller that's the one Jim where Lee like, the about like batman being a jackass yeah. yes <laughs> making yeah, ba- like, making robin eat rats and stuff <laughs> yeah like the, be- big- the best the best thing out of it is that when he painted the room yellow and had green lantern meet him in it yeah, that was about to say, yeah. He has like and has like Robin bring him a lemonade. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like so absurd, it's it's brilliant. Like Frank uh, Miller, you know. But what was funny is that I think I think Frank Miller had confirmed that that all-star Batman leads into Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, mm. I could see it. Yeah. I mean, I you know. can easily say that now because it's never going anywhere. Yeah. But right. uh have <laughs> you guys read Sin City? I yeah. have not. That's a pretty good series. I like that. Have you, series. Three, have you read 300? No. Nope. Movie is better. <laughs> I have read Ronan and I have read his run on Daredevil. And that's I just rebought, I just rebought Ronan. I couldn't find my old version of it. I think the sequel to oh, 300 yeah, is better. Spencer, yeah, we told you to read David Ronan last time. You're finally reading it. Yeah. No, I read it. For, I mean, I've wanted to read it for a long time. And since he was coming out with the sequel, or he has come out with the sequel, now I think it's done. I only, uh, I only got the first issue. I was supposed to get the others, called, and then just my store never got them. Last Ronin, that would be dope. That would be fire. You know, he's just calling it Ronin Two. Yeah, is he good? Ronin Two. Uh, uh, I haven't. I, heard I haven't read the things. first issue, but uh, yeah, I've I've heard mixed things. Yeah, apparently Frank Miller's art. I mean, I say this as someone who isn't an artist and can't draw, but apparently, I don't know. Not a lot of people like. The way it's evolved, if you want That's, to put it oh, as yeah, the evolved. man's gotten evolved is the nice the way man, to put it. Yeah, the man has gotten, gotten very old, and, and he was a very heavy a drinker, I've heard, or something like that. And so I could see that. He had I, cancer that too. Wolverine that he did recently. Yeah, that, like, I was, yeah, I was just going to send that to you guys. Yeah. yeah, like Frank Miller has, yeah, just not kept up, and it's like it's kind of the opposite I of. I like, don't think it looks so bad. The cover is—is is that his cover? Uh, I mean, we're talking about the Wolverine, right? Frank Miller Wolverine. Let's see. The, the new yeah. one, not not the, the old yeah. original one, yeah. where like not the old iconic mm-hmm. one, uh, with like it's it's kind of like the reverse of Jim Lawson, whereas like he had a pretty good style back then, and it evolved into his own personal style, mm-hmm. which you know it has has its fans. What year um, is this new Wolverine? I'm, I'm drop it in the chat. It's like last Let's, year. Yeah, it was like last year. Yeah, it's in the chat for you. <laughs> I mean, no. um, it is Frank Miller, though. It's it's Frank yeah, Miller, but it's like, not good. Great. I'm I'm conflicted <laughs> on this because like 
if you remove the hair, it's not bad. The hair makes it look particularly stupid. If you just if you give this face like a regular haircut, it's like, oh, that's that's kind of classic Frank Miller. That's fine. It's kind of like, oh gosh, who is who am I thinking of? There was a Captain America series a few years back where he like fights the nerdy scientist robot guy Zola. Oh, uh, he's like alone, and he has like yeah, a like daughter. Captain America and Dimension Z. Yeah, who drew that? Yeah. Uh, I think it was John Romita. Jr. Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very John Romita. Yeah, kind of like that style. Like I kind of like that style. I used to love um, John Romita. Like. And I then, like the way yeah. he does fingers. His fingers always look like paper to me. Like when they bend, it just looks like someone's folded over a sheet of paper. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's like it's it's like Jim Lawson, and you end up with like really wonky faces sometimes. Like, like Jim Lawson, is that a three-year-old with like Tom Cruise head, or is that supposed to be like a like a teen? Like what's going on there? That's um, not Jim Lawson. <laughs> but I kind of di- like I kind of dig it too because it's also like it's like stylized in a fun way, you know, if that makes sense. And so, like Frank Miller's Wolverine, yeah, and the the Superman too. I don't hate it, but yeah, I think if he would do different Wolverine hair, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's like Mister Sinister body hair. <laughs> But oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say though earlier. I guess was my my finished thought is that I think Marvel and DC should try and start like a side universe again, but this time oh the amalgam have it written no have it written no like not not an amalgam separate you know their own things but like have it written like a manga you know like because I don't know we got talking about this in our in our group chat where like a manga has like a specific end that eventually it works towards. I mean, granted you have ones like one piece where they kind of just recycle the same plot over and over again. Whoa, and just kind of change whoa, a few details. Whoa, whoa. Uh, that's how they kept whoa. it running for so long. <laughs> whoa. Have you it, read it one piece? Uh, I have not, but straight up you the creator has said, expensive. yeah, they, I mean, I've been reading it's, but I, also I'm not that far. Like they're uh, still meeting. One Sanji, piece so, so good. It's my, just my, been coming out for so long that, like, eventually, I mean, Dragon Ball does it too. I love Dragon Ball. And Dragon Ball Z. Nah, I mean, but, like, there's a there's a formula, like you know, like the next yeah. big bad formula. But I wouldn't say it's repeated. Um, so we're enemies now, Spencer. But the the benefit that I think a manga has, and I don't know, like, enough. I'm not saying like all mangas, but I assume it's it's more often than not is they have, you know, generally one artist, one writer, often the same person, and they that's what they do. They do it in in One Piece's case, it's been like twenty plus years. And like that's a rare thing to have one coherent storyteller, you know? So like it, you know, whether you're like, oh, um, you know, this is the same story or whatnot, which I think is not at all the perception One Piece has, but it's still like very solidly like this is One Piece. This is his story. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is not Kevin Eastman's and Peter Laird's TMNT because now like 80 million people have been on it. So I think that well, part like, of if, yeah, part of if it. Western part of comics it would, could solidify that. They'd be much better off if they had that I mean, consistent. The line. thing with what, manga, the thing with manga is that you know a lot of the time those are like ideas that those creators have come up with. Yeah, that's true. But like, I I don't I just think that it and would it's be like really, theirs like they're like in yeah like it's it, so it it would be like if Kevin and Kevin and Peter were still making turtles yes which I would I would love to if I could just like peer into another timeline 
where Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, like didn't, didn't like turn it into a pop culture juggernaut and just kind of were happy just making comics and continued to do it forever and actually got to the last Ronin as their ending because that was what it was originally written to be was the end for the Mirage universe before it got reworked and what it is now. And what it is now I love, but I would love to see just that that story. What would happen like with them writing and evolving these characters to get to that point? Yeah. It would be cool because there's something like, because One Piece, like I'm reading through it and it's weird reading through it and you realize like, oh, this came out, like this is new to me, but it came out like 20 years ago. Yeah. There's something just so special about seeing like, this is the story he wrote and he's been working to it for like years and years. And it's the same thing with like fantasy authors who do mm-hmm. like the same thing where it's like, this is their series and like the next book. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's a pity Ooh. with comics. You're like, you know, maybe if a comic really does well, they'll go like a hundred issues or however long with like the same team. But that's like a, like a huge achievement where usually you get like, you know, like a six issue or 12 issue run. And then it's like, okay, new art, new writer and you just don't have that like solid through line um i don't know spencer i forgot we were supposed to do souls winter yeah I, well i know i meant to do that after we finish volume four as part of that whole guest era thing where we go back and cover what we didn't cover in the guest era oh. that was that was my original plan i was plan. i was actually recommending that we do that while we cover the next mutation but now we're just kind of barreling through the next mutation three weeks at a time so yeah i think the less we can stretch it out, maybe the better. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want it, to, it's already gotten kind of heavy. Whoa. It's feeling more like a burden than I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, there's a reason why I said I need a break this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're just getting to the good, the, the meat of next mutation. We haven't even seen all, all right, the well, cool villains yet. Speaking of, speaking of, let's get into the meat of it. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get going. Yeah.